Hey guys, welcome to a special edition of a DK Pittsburgh sports video, the firing of Matt Canada. Uh, I'm joined, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh sports joined by Corey Christen, who also covers the Steelers with me. He's on South side beat here on U the YouTube channel every day. And Corey, I guess I can start off by pointing out that a national trend on Twitter right now is there is a God. That's I, I'm not making that up. I'm not joking. There is a God is a national trend right now. Uh, only about 10 games too late, I would say, but better late than never. The longstanding national nightmare, the trend that was sweeping the nation for much of the season too. Like this wasn't just isolated to Pittsburgh. This was like college game day in Provo, Utah, for example, like had fire Canada signs out in the crowd. I mean, this became a national phenomenon and it, it happened. It happened. Well, Mike Tomlin put the statement out this morning. It was a Pittsburgh phenomenon before it was anybody else's. And just, just this week, uh, out at Carnegie Mellon, where some of our best and brightest are studying, they painted it on a wall that's really wow. prominently visible on campus. Um, I can tell you, Corey, and I've been covering Pittsburgh sports for a long time. I have never, ever, ever seen a public reaction like this to a coach or really to anything in terms of the negativity, in terms of the unanimity. At least for an assistant, too, right? This isn't like a Mike Tomlin fight. No, no, for anything. Yeah. No, I mean, I, for anything. I mean, like, uh, Phyllis here comes in and says, it's news so monumental DK had to do an emergency live. No, Phyllis, it's news so mon monumental that I had to get woken up. This is not my time of day. <laughs> this guy over here, this guy over here to my side, <laughs> he's up this time of day. I'm not. Yeah, I'm the morning. I'm the morning bird of of the two here for sure. So like, as soon as I saw the notification, I'm like, oh man, and let's go. Like this is go time now. And by the way, Mike Tomlin speaks uh, at noon Eastern, so in just under three hours here. So this will be probably the most important Tomlin Tuesday since when? <laughs> I mean, we there's going to be a ton to unpack with Mike Tomlin today. Yeah, so for anybody who who doesn't know the rest of this story, or actually, let's just do it real quick rerun here. First off, Mike Tomlin at 8.57 a.m. put out uh, a statement. It's a brief statement. Corey, you have it there in front of you? Yeah, I mean, basically, right, let me pull it up real quick, but basically it yeah, just says... Yeah, let's, let's just gone. read it. Let's, let's just read it verbatim. Yeah, let me get into that real quick. Here it is. It says verbatim. Quote, Matt Canada has been relieved of his duties as offensive coordinator. I appreciate Matt's hard work and dedication, and I wish him the best moving forward in his career. End quote. That comes from a statement via Mike Tomlin this morning on the firing of Matt Canada. Now, on top of that, it's since emerged that the Steelers will employ Eddie Faulkner as the offensive coordinator. Now, Faulkner, for anybody who doesn't know, and I'm sure that's most Steelers fans, is the running backs coach. Uh, he's going to be the guy who's in charge. However, however, it'll be Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach, who does the actual play calling. Now, let's try as best we can, Corey, because we cover these guys every day, to try to piece together how this might work and why it was assembled this way. My, my first thought is that you were only going to have three people in that building total who could ever call plays. One's gone now. Two was Sullivan because he has to know all the plays as the quarterback's coach. And the other was Glenn Thomas, whose statue I unfortunately do not have here with me <laughs> in this particular venue. Right. Uh, but the decision to have somebody physically calling plays, like somebody who's doing that, but Faulkner being in charge sounds to me like Faulkner will be on the sideline. It sounds to me like it's going to be that tag team effort, like with with Sullivan upstairs and Faulkner on the sideline. And to me, I think this is more of an endorsement for Faulkner. And, and obviously, Jalen Warren has been running it excellent. The Steelers made it known, that, like literally since the beginning of time, that they want to run the football, and that's going to be the identity of this team. And you know, having Eddie Faulkner closely involved with Mike Sullivan now, I think, is only going to enhance that. And we're going to see a lot more leading on Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, but. Like, make no mistake about it. To me, this is this is a committal to Kenny Pickett, too. 
Like I've said, if you've listened to the Southside beat, I've said, if you're going to find out whether Kenny's the guy or not, you have to give him a shot without Matt Canada. That's what this came down to, I think. Chris is one of several people in comments noting that it was Penguins fans who got all this started. Uh, it started here in Pittsburgh at hockey games, the Fire mm-hmm. Canada chant. And it is it is significant that it started there because that's that's what gets this done. Okay, you have to somebody has to speak up. People like me writing, people like this guy who's poking in just now from his <laughs> radio show in Nashville. We can talk about it, we can complain about it, we can go blah, 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 whatever. Okay, but what ultimately had to happen is that somebody has to get emboldened. Okay. And if you're Najee Harris and you're sitting there the other day and you're like going, you know, should I say something? Should I not say something? If you know you have the public totally behind you, that's where it comes from. Okay. Where do you think the firing came from? You know, you're going to get an answer today from Mike Tomlin that's going to be really, really, really verbatim this. It was a collective decision. I'm telling you that right now. That's how he works, okay? He's going to tell you that it was something that, you know, was Art Rooney involved? The answer to that is going to be yes, of course he was involved. He owns the franchise. But the idea that somebody would have superseded somebody else or that there's somebody on a white horse who rode in and said, hey, your coordinator stinks, get rid of him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, if we're honest, too, this should have happened before the season started. You know, we're we're probably – about three months late on this at minimum. So it, it, it's something that had to be done. This offense was clearly going nowhere. They're 28th in scoring. They're 28th in yards. It, it's bad all around. Kenny Pickett has regressed since the start of the season. And of course that hot preseason that he had and, and the ugliest of ugly came, you were there Sunday to see it. I, I mean, Kenny couldn't complete one beyond the sticks. It was an effort just to get him to throw a pass beyond three yards of the line of scrimmage. Like, this offense was stuck in the mud. It was going nowhere. Something had to be done. And better late than never, I guess. Now we get to see, with with just a couple of months left in the season, about two and a half months left, exactly what, you know, this is kind of a trial by fire for Kenny Pickett in some ways, too, now. So now we get to see what this offense can do without a Matt Canada, even though it might still be a large chunk of his playbook. Well, Nick Nick points out here, he says, let's hope it's not too late for Kenny. That's one way of looking at this. Corey, because when I think of, you know, the the biggest shame of all this isn't that they lost a football game in Cleveland because they still kept winning throughout a lot of this, okay? The biggest shame is that this coordinator, whether it's his fault or not, or whether it's partially his fault or not, this coordinator presided over the regression of a young first-round draft pick, okay? Like, and... Who, who actually showed uh, better potential. I know, it's when you raise your hands, it does this thing. It's just like, <laughs> there, there go the balloons. Uh, even even StreamYard is uh, excited for, for, the, for the news. Sorry, your point. So, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's appreciated. Kia says, uh, or Kia comes in with a contribution. That's appreciated. Yeah, thank Mike you, Goldberg says that the Mike Johnston firing was at this level. No. I'm sorry. No. Okay. Mike Johnson's no. Okay. That, that is absolutely not the case here. Uh, Terry Uh, says uh, Turkey day came early. This is Christmas a month and some change early folks. This isn't Turkey day. You know, you're not unwrapping a Turkey out of the oven. This is, this is Christmas presents under the tree right here. James says, still don't know why it took so long, you know, without, without revisiting everything that, that, you know, that we've reported and discussed and written and everything else here. All I'm going to do is repeat to you here what I wrote from Cleveland uh, just a couple days ago, and that is that this head coach did not want this headache. Okay, He will adopt and even embrace every headache that's related to the defense. Okay, And he did not want this one. And now... By virtue of what you're seeing here, what you're seeing from uh, the action that's been taken by the Steelers this morning, meaning uh, for those of you who came in late, that uh, the, the Steelers have 
promoted Eddie Faulkner, the running backs coach, to offensive coordinator. However, the actual play calling, the play execution, will be performed by the quarterback's coach, Mike Sullivan. That right there should tell you how complex or convoluted Tomlin thought this was going to be. Does that make sense, Corey? It, it makes sense to me. And I think, again, it's important to note what you said after the game really rung to me. And, and just listening to what Mike Tomlin said, you know, you called it the fight club offense where you're not allowed to talk about the offense. So much is explained, by the way. How about the weird <laughs> stuff that I had in the column? And I brought from the column that I wrote from Cleveland, but I talked about it yesterday, uh, both on the Daily Shot podcast and with Ramon Foster about Tomlin's weird behavior. Mm-hmm. Where he came in kind of that's why th- now a lot of stuff makes sense. He wasn't going to talk about the offense because he knew he was going to have to talk about it on Tuesday because sure. he knew he was going to do this. I can guarantee you right now, Corey Christen, that he walked off that field saying that is MF. Yeah, he's done. Okay, he is fired. Or, or, or it was predetermined going into the week. Tomlin could have said this last Wednesday for all we know. No, he would. No, he wouldn't enter a game. I I, I don't don't agree. No, I don't think that one's possible. But, but regardless, you know, you were there. I wasn't, you know, even just listening to what he said and the way he said it with respect to the offense, he would have rather have talked about anything else than his offense. He would have rather talked about nuclear war over his, instead of his offense. He would rather talk about politics over his offense. Like he was avoiding at all stops how bad the offense continued to be. And I, I look, he's had to do it for, for 12 weeks now by this point. I mean, entering today, he would have done it by 12 weeks for this point. But, like, at some point, enough is enough, right? Like, you had to look at the body of work. You had to look at the results. Like, results matter. Relationships are one thing. Results are another. There were yeah, no cool. results to feel good about. Uh, Chris comes in and says, uh, did this come from Rooney directly and not Tomlin? I think it did, says Chris. I'm going to repeat this. Every decision of this magnitude in every sports organization will ultimately emanate from the owner. Okay, there's no such thing as a unilateral, for example, firing uh, of a hitting coach or a pitching coach or of uh, you know an assistant coach in hockey. You're not going to have a head coach do that without having it work all the way to the owner. The owner will be involved. The owner will have input. Okay, so there's no, as I said earlier, there's no way Rooney wasn't involved. But if you're looking for somebody to come in or say that he overruled Tomlin or something like that, he overrules Tomlin with his mere existence. Right. Right. So, yes, Rooney had something to do with this. He's the owner of the franchise. I don't mean to laugh about it. I mean, but it's funny. Everyone's trying to... to to say that Tomlin, there's no no way Mike Tomlin fired him. There's no way, no way. I think there's a way. So do I. And again, enough is enough at some point. Now, who knows how much, quote-unquote, pressure there was from above for Mike Tomlin and saying, hey, if you don't do this, more consequences are coming. And I don't those know. conversations happen all the time. Yes. You know, yes. Rooney, just because he's quiet as far as the fans go, uh, Rooney is... He's there every you t- Corey. When have you ever not seen where were you? When have you not seen him at the facility? I look at the parking space, you know, the parking space he's at. I look yeah. at the parking space frequently, and I would say eight times out of ten, the car's there. Eight times out of ten, and that's like just me popping in and out. You know, I'm not there obviously 24 7 like he would be. Like when I'm there for the a limited amount of hours that I'm allowed there. He's usually there. He's very hands-on. This isn't, you know, you know, him helicoptering per se his team. He is as hands-on of an owner as a president as it gets in this league. And there's no doubt that at least part of this came from him. Now, is it majority from him? Is it part from him? It, it doesn't it, really matter. No, ultimately, ultimately, it's Rooney. No matter who came up with the sure, idea, sure. if it was Najee Harris's idea, okay. It's still Rooney that has to sign off. So, yes, of course, it's Rooney's decision. I don't know how much 
how much clearer I can make this, okay? Yeah. But if you think that Tomlin showed up for if you if you want to envision some fantasy where Tomlin showed up for work and said, "Over my dead body." No way. Okay? No chance. Uh speaking of chance, Brady says Penguins fans can start chanting uh, to fire Bob Nutting now. And Bob oh, Nutting, of goodness. course, cannot be fired because he is an owner. But I guess you could chance sell the team or something like that, right? I guess you can. Uh, you, that's the next step, wouldn't it be? You know, it, it, Kenneth says he thinks I had something to do with it. it can't, I'm telling you, let me tell you the order in which, if you want to get into who, who had something to do with this, Ken, I'm going to get real with you here, Okay. I believe that this started with those Penguins fans at Akershire Stadium. I've said this many, many times. I said it that day. When I heard from them directly, they were DMing me via uh, via Twitter as to who's down there. I actually, actually happened to know the one guy, okay? So he wasn't somebody who was going to light up. They knew exactly which section the chance started in, made its way around the stadium. Then it became a thing. Then they did it at Penguins games. For anybody who doesn't know, Penguins games and, and the Penguins in general – are extremely popular in Pittsburgh. Okay, uh, it's it's a different vibe when you fan out a little bit. You know what I'm saying, Corey? Oh yeah, it's, but they, they're rowdy Pittsburgh, when they want to be in Pittsburgh. It's something else. Okay, and especially with the younger generation. So they started this. People started talking about it. Start chanting. It started becoming normalized. Started now. People like me and Corey start asking questions, even in press conference settings. Did you hear the chants? What did you think of the chants? Okay. Uh, what do you think of people's reactions to this? It becomes an issue unto itself. And then from there, you can fast forward past everything else that was said, spoken, written, thought, whatever, and go directly to Najee Harris piping up Sunday in Cleveland. I, I, I think that's I think that's it. I really do. As far as outside influences go, okay. Does that make sense? It does. Now, the next step for this would have been a boil over, and it would have been complete locker room mutiny, right? Like, when Najee says what he says, and, and DK, you know how respected Najee's voice is. So do I. Najee's voice is respected in, the lo- in, in that locker room. By the players, yes. Yes, yes. Najee's voice is very highly respected. He doesn't speak – he's one of those guys where he doesn't speak often, but when he does, people listen. He's that kind of guy. He's that kind of influence. So when Najee Harris very quietly sits by his locker – in a very, what looked to me at least, empty locker room up in Cleveland after that game, and he's softly speaking the way he softly speaks, and the words that come out of his mouth, and the tempo at which they come out, it read disbelief, it read confusion, it read just complete downtrodden, what the hell can we do? Like, this enough is enough. And that's coming from Najee Harris, a guy that this team quite literally is built around. A, a position that the team is literally quite, you know, quite literally built around. When Najee speaks up, when Deontay Johnson further speaks up, that he and Kenny can't get on the same page. We're we're eleven game, we're eleven weeks into the season, going into week twelve, and wide receiver one and QB one can't be on the same page. That's obviously on the players to a, a big extent, but that's on coaching too. A lot of what's going on and what's wrong, yes players are at fault for failing to execute but when the game plan is written in crayola crayon on in magic marker on dry erase boards then yeah you're gonna have trouble executing those kind of plays yeah we're um well it's good we got johnny out of bed ah he says this news gave me the needed energy to get up and go to work wow he's happy to hear that people getting up and go to work i like that this got dk to get, get up and go to work didn't go very far. <laughs> <laughs> you still went. You still got up and went to another place. You went from A to B. Now, B was not far from A. Same for me, kind of. But I was already up. So, uh, yeah, and no, I will no, be on the south side at noon. Yeah, no, we're already starting to get into a whole bunch of different things here. Shouldn't Sullivan be gone as well? Look, what week was this? This was week ten. What are the Steelers six and four? We're in right? week after week eleven. Yeah. Okay, we're we're this is this is week eleven heading out week, to Cincinnati. We're going uh, to heading week out to Cincinnati. Oh, we're going to week well, okay for the NFL. Yeah, I'm just talking yeah. about for the Steelers. Oh, sure. Um, you have you had a situation here, I believe that, and this might have been one of the things that that pushed Tomlin. 
okay? You had a situation where if they had gone into Cincinnati doing exactly the same thing in a hostile environment, in a challenging venue, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay? And facing somebody else's backup quarterback. And you come out of there with an L without having done a damned thing to address your offense. Okay. Who does that reflect on? Does that reflect on the coordinator? No. Nope. Uh, nope. why, th- why do you think I wrote the whole column that I did on Sunday pointing at the head coach? Because this had all turned squarely on him. And I am telling you his demeanor and everything on Sunday, how awkward he was at that press conference. <laughs> uh, he, he had it in his head already. And you guys can have your, I'm telling you, you guys can have your fantasies, you know, about how he didn't want to do this and, and because you don't like him or whatever, you don't like his coaching and that's fine. Okay. I don't particularly like him and I don't like his coaching either, but this, this, this something that works from the standpoint of everyone getting together saying, what in hell are we going to do? Brady wants to know if this will be bigger than if, if Bob Nutting sold the Pirates. No, Nutting would be a bigger deal. No, no, that's ownership changing hands. Yeah, not quite, yeah. that's that's coordinator. that's seismic. That's changing the entire direction yeah. uh, of a hundred and forty-two year old institution here. DK, here's a question. Uh, I think for you from Barks, did Tomlin remove Canada to save his own butt? Well, that's what I just said, Barksy. I mean, if right. you, if you listen to what I said. I don't think it's so much save his own butt, but like I wrote in the column Sunday, what he had to do, what he had to do was take some action. He couldn't just go crawling across uh, across the state to, to Ohio and, and do the exact same thing. Not after that scene. You know, Ben says Tomlin's now in the hot seat. I, I, I never buy Tomlin hot seat stuff. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? No. No, by this point, he's safe. Like there, there's, there's some that believe that there is a quotient of unilateral power with Mike Tomlin. Now I don't think it's that extreme, but Mike Tomlin's pretty safe until he says otherwise. That that's my belief on it. Charlie, listen to me. We're going to turn this whole thing into a Rooney thing, okay? We're wasting everybody's time. What do you think about the reports that the firing came from Art Rooney? Everything comes from Art Rooney. Okay, yeah. there's no drama here. Okay, there isn't he overrules somebody else. They get together and they discuss these things. Corey, help me out here. This is not there's, just there's no drama here. Yeah, no, this is this is no like override situation. This is no situation of of mutiny or Man. anybody taking over. This isn't Mike Tomlin going over Art Rooney for anything. This yeah. was on some level. Now, percentage can be discussed. Percentage could be discussed. How much of it was Art Rooney? How much of it was Mike Tomlin? No, it's not. How much of it was Omar Khan? He's the owner of the franchise. He's 100% in charge. No, it doesn't. It does not matter. Andy Andy says the glib attitude at Mike Tomlin's media availability Sunday in Cleveland seems even more strange now. Oh, actually, no. I think it seems – I think this explains it. (laughs) Okay? He had that look, that sound, that tone that – there's no point in me discussing the offense, not this time. He seemed almost as if something had happened that satisfied him. That's and, and, and look, you guys were the same ones saying this same thing to me yesterday on this show, on, on the Ramon Foster show. Okay? Am I right? You guys were saying the same thing. What was up with Tomlin on Sunday? Now you know. Now you know. Mm-hmm. They have to have a conversation. Art Rooney has to give his approval. Ultimately, it's an order from Art Rooney, but the idea that he would have overruled, that's fantasy stuff, man. There's so much legitimate stuff to criticize this head coach over that you don't need to make stuff up. No, no. Hierarchy is very much understood. Let's let's find a good question here. Is this a good one? There's one (laughs) from Ramon Foster. Ramon, yeah. Is this what you guys are thankful for, says the big ragu. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I can I can see a lot of where was that the question, Corey? Did you see it from? Uh, oh, let's see. That was about whether or not these guys are capable, or whether or, or something re- something related to the uh, Faulkner and uh, Sullivan. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it's been asked several times by now, but yeah, I mean, the, that does 
kind of that's kind of the launching point here, right? Are, are Sullivan and and Faulkner now capable of taking over what is essentially the Canada offense and and, well, and running with it and creating a playoff contender out of it? Yeah, let's try to let's try to get let's try to get some background on this. We're based on what we know about both of these two gentlemen. First of all, they are two of the nicest dudes you will ever oh, meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're spirited. They're involved. Uh, where Faulkner is concerned, I have a feeling more questions will come up about him because you never really know much about a running backs coach. Uh, Faulkner is intense. He runs through the drills with his running backs to show them what it is that he expects. Corey, you've seen that because the running backs always do their drills right in front of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we, I, I actually feel like I know him better than the other positional coaches just on that count alone. Uh, I hear I hear more Eddie Faulkner than I do Mike Sullivan. I'll that's what that. I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. you hear him. Uh, he's got that kind of voice, okay? Mm-hmm. But he he gets his point across to his guys, and they love him. All right, I want to say that emphatically. They love their Eddie Faulkner. Okay, so if he's the guy that's on the sideline and he's the one that's dealing with them as they come off, and he's going da 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 to you guys, and you're not listening to me and everything else. That's that's fantastic. You know, that's what you want. It is. That's what you want. It is. Uh, now, Faulkner is 46 years old, so this isn't like some young spring head coach a, coming up. No, but like, that's it, why he's going through the drills with his running backs. <laughs> yeah, because he wants to stay. He wants to stay 26, not 46. Now, where Sullivan is concerned, again, one of the things that you have to think about here, one of the things that you have to think about is that Sullivan is – is out there uh, going through the lingo. And what's important right now in this setting is that you can spend the entire week coordinating a game plan, coordinating, okay, discussing how it, how is it that we're going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals specifically, okay? <laughs> and you have to put somebody in charge, right, Corey? Yes, you okay? do. Yes, you you do. have to have somebody's got to be running it, right? Okay, so – Someone still has to do the communicating from the booth to the field, to the quarterback, to all the headsets that are out there. The person who's best equipped to do that is Sullivan because he knows, he knows that you're, you know, that you're you're saying, you're saying the right stuff. You know, they don't have, Kenny doesn't have to go, what, what the heck? Or whoever's the quarterback. Yeah. That didn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> they have to understand the lingo the best, right? If you're not going to have someone who's who's fluent in Spanish nearby, you better have the second best person who's fluent in Spanish nearby if you're going to Spain. So having somebody that at minimum, and this is just minimum surface area stuff, has terminology down and understands like what concept means what. You know, players say it all the time. A lot of the same stuff is run in the NFL, but it's worded differently. The terminology is different. It, it varies from place to place. Now, obviously, some places are more advanced than others, but there's at least that base understanding. Now, from, from what it sounds like, again, is that Faulkner is going to be assisting or doing a large part of at least the game planning, while Sullivan's the guy you know, who's, who's able to make those calls and able to make those judgments and is able to streamline. Think of all the communication issues that you saw on Sunday, DK when it came to the offense and the defense for that matter. But of course, obviously the offense, like you have to have those down pat. And if you don't, you see, you see Kenny Pickett throwing to, I've never seen a play, a pass play in the NFL where the ball lands on the turf and there's nobody in sight of the camera shot on television. It was just grass and football. There was no ref. There was no sideline personnel. There was no player near that football. It was, it was something to be seen. And now of course, was the route to Deontay Johnson. So, like, you have to have those kinds of things shored up at minimum if you're going to make a change like this. Daniel Suarez reaches out from Mexico with a contribution, and that's appreciated. Daniel says, I'm ecstatic. However, Mike Sullivan is also directly involved in Kenny Pickett's regression. What gives? I'm going to take a crack at this one, Daniel, okay? He's the guy holding the codes, Okay, I don't think this is more complicated than that. I don't think Mike Sullivan's going to continue to be the quarterback's coach after this season. Okay, based on everything that I've heard about what 
everyone thinks about his performance to date. And way more important than that, what we all see as the results to date, meaning Kenny. Okay, you draft a first round pick, he's got to come through. Well, in this case, he's got the codes. Someone has to be able to call those plays that are sitting there on the quarterback's wristband, and they have to call them like this. It's got to feel like a second language in which you're completely fluent. That's not something that anybody could do, including, by the way, if they had gone and fired, or I'm sorry, hired, fired is on the mind, hired some outside coordinator who's some total egghead genius, he's got to get a game on Sunday. Okay? That's why he's here. He's holding the codes. Yeah, and now it's a matter of how much can the Steelers and how much can Sullivan and Faulkner cobble together, so to speak, now with another AFC North opponent. And that's in the short term. And now in the long term, at least until the end of the season, let's not forget the Steelers literally control their own destiny by this point. They are in a playoff position if the season ended this second. So that being said, have the ability to, to kind of rally this offense in some fashion, whatever needed to happen. Like we talked earlier in the season about what could give the spark to this offense. Is benching Kenny an answer? Is playing Broderick Jones at left tackle an answer? Like we were talking about this in week five and six, for example. But now this is actual real change. Remember when Mike Tomlin said after the Texans lost – Hell yeah, things are going to change. And then they went in pads for the Wednesday practice and everybody laughed at them. Yeah, the big change when they were going into pads for their NFLPA allotted one per week. Like, this is real change. This is something to sink the teeth into. Now, whether Eddie Faulkner and, and Mike Sullivan are here in 2024, who the hell knows? But this is the thing that had to happen Quite frankly, it had to happen at the end of 2020, uh, the 2022 season and not in the middle of 2023, but we'll take it now later than never. For those who are late arriving, a, a quick, uh, you know, a quick uh, repetition here of the of the the news of the day. Uh, Mike Tomlin issued a statement at 857 a.m. Uh, you have that still, Corey? Yeah, uh, I could pull that up right now. Okay, and he'll read the he'll read in full Tomlin's statement to you, and I will augment after that the follow up news. Mike Tomlin's statement this morning, and I quote: "Matt Canada has been relieved of his duties as offensive coordinator. I appreciate Matt's hard work and dedication, and I wish him the best moving forward in his career." End quote. That's from Mike Tomlin. And from there, uh, it it emerged rather quickly that that. Offensive coordinator, that title will go to Eddie Faulkner, the running backs coach, whereas the play calling itself, and again, that means from, you know, the headset calling the actual plays, that job will go to Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach. That's a game day thing. I'm sure that's going to be something that Tomlin will detail. By the way, I've seen a bunch of, a bunch of you guys say that Tomlin's <laughs> not going not gonna to answer questions about this. That is not true. No. Uh, my experience with Tomlin. Do you guys remember the the this the setting after when he tripped the dude in Baltimore on the kickoff return? You forget that. Oh, yeah. yeah. How can anybody forget that? Yeah. And Tomlin was, I mean, literally embarrassed. Okay, for himself, and he held what I still believe was an extraordinary press conference in which he said, "I will sit in this chair." and answer every single question that you guys have of me before taking any other topics on that topic. This happened, Corey. This was obviously before you were with us. Sure. And I want to say the first 20, 25 minutes were on that. Can you imagine that? No preamble, no, no. let's talk about how great the Arizona Cardinals are for 10 minutes as a filibuster or anything else. He just so I you're gonna see something similar today. Okay. You're gonna see he's gonna take as much as he can. Now, Corey, it's not like he's not gonna have other questions to answer, right? 
Oh no, this is not the only issue the Steelers have. You know, the defense, <laughs> the defense. Breaking is, news from Corey Christmas. Yeah, this is not the only issue. Reporter. This is not the only issue the Steelers have. This is uh, the the top issue. This is just addressing the top of the mountain right here. You know, we're we're cutting off we're cutting off the tip of the iceberg here. This is where it starts. Um, there are more than than just the Matt Canada issue, and believe me, I I believe that. It will be opening statement. It will be preamble. It will be the first 10, 15, 20, 25. Maybe the whole press conference will be about Matt Canada's firing. Uh, a lot has come up about the uh, the Penguins goaltender uh, <laughs> wearing a Browns jersey. This is, after yeah, this is ridiculous. And this guy was, and he's, he's a member here, and we love him. But, man, he was spamming the heck out of this commenting file. Alex Nadelkovich is born in Parma, Ohio. Okay, mm-hmm. He had a shutout for the Penguins against the defending Stanley Cup champs on the same night that the Steelers got, you know, uh, lost up there in Cleveland. He is a diehard Browns fan, okay? Believe it or not, you can be a diehard Browns fan and still tend goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yikes. <laughs> I, I can't tell if I can't tell if it's serious or no, not. No, Ber- Berger's comments not the only one I've seen about it. That's the only reason why I brought it up. That's the only reason yeah. why I brought it up. Uh, Fast Eddie uh, says uh, this team is it, still below average. Sorry, I didn't mean to override you there. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Mike Drop says uh, Steelers now have zero excuse for Kenny Pickett. I, I now wonder how this goes for Kenny. Does he thrive? Is it really that simple? I would, I'm going to guess here, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb. When I say that Eddie Faulkner is the new offensive coordinator, that I don't think the passing game is going to be all that pivotal Sunday in Cincinnati. Okay. No, or for the so, final six weeks of the season, for that matter. I, I think you're going to see when they take the field with a, a minute 42 on the clock at their own 30, and they need to get 30 to 35 yards to win the game with one of the best kickers on the planet. They're going to run the ball at least once or twice. Well, hold on a sec. James, 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 let me set the record straight here. James B says, that would be Tomlin Corey, but it seems like y'all don't want to address this. Believe don't want to me, address what? Don't want Canada, to address what? Believe me, we want to address this. This is this is salivating. This is reporter Super Bowl right here. Believe Wait, me. Wait, is, is James suggesting that the reporters don't want to address questions? I would need to follow up on that. How do people say stuff like James, this? James, James, James. Not listening to these press conferences. Listen, listen to me, James. Listen to me. The questions get asked. But we are not in a position to put the head coach in an orange jumpsuit and waterboard him to get answers out of him. Okay? Mm-hmm. Why don't you ask follow-ups? I asked the same question three times in succession in Las Vegas this year. Corey, remember it? Mm-hmm. Three times yep. in succession. I got the same, I'm not answering that. Guess where that goes from there? I, we're not going to get into a fist fight or something. Nowhere, nowhere. Okay, nowhere. Just, That's what this people, is how it goes. We but, ask the questions, they give the answers. If you don't like the answers, that's not on the questions. Ah, change the subject. No, I, I and I think a lot of the uh, the discourse has become well. The questions aren't difficult. The questions don't need to be difficult. They need to get to the point. As long as the questions are on the point, they could be the questions. So. Today, believe me, as we have been talking about what the tenor, if you see what I did there, of Mike Tomlin's press conference is going to be today, it is going to be 98% Matt Canada and 2% the Steelers defense, if that. If not 99 to 1% or 99.5 to 0.5%. Today is all about Matt Canada. This whole week, for that matter, is about Matt Canada. Kenny Pickett's going to talk to the press tomorrow, as he usually does on a Wednesday. It's going to be about Matt Canada and about Mike Sullivan and about Eddie Faulkner. Coordinator Thursday. DK, how many times on our very website do we post Coordinator Thursday to stress that Matt Canada and Terrell Austin are going to talk? We put them on the main stage. They are put on the main stage. Coordinator Thursday will be about Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. Is it a joint press conference? Is it just Faulkner? Is it just Sullivan? Who knows? Like, this whole week is about this. This rest of the season is about Kenny Pickett and this on some level. And if I had to guess, DK, it would be a majority level compared to the rest of anything else that could happen. 
Jacob says that God is good, and that reminds me that among the Twitter trends, in fact, let's check. Uh, let me go to my phone here and see what's happening. Let's see what's happening on my phone. Uh, the Twitter trends that I have are, number one, Matt Canada. Number two, the Browns. Number three, Kenny Pickett. Number four, Dorian Thompson. Uh, number five, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I don't think he's signing with the Pirates, but uh, you never know. Uh, as a Browns, that Ohio one's definitely Walmart. not related to Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> as a Browns, Ohio Walmart's trending. Uh oh, uh, I don't know. Byron Leftwich is trending. Oh boy, yeah, that's where this is going to go next. Is who's going to be the real next coordinator because it's obviously not going to be your running backs coach. And that's when uh, Corey, not to take this one too far because there's enough stuff to deal with in the present, but that's when. I feel like the pressure is going to come. This is something that I've been saying and writing for three or four years now. The idea that the Steelers have never even held like a real live search for this position is insanity. Okay. It's so important. And you should be having the best of the best come through that facility. Okay. It shouldn't be who's at the next cubicle, move him up because he's a true Steeler or other nonsense like that. The best of the best. And I don't care if they're going to be here for the long term. I don't care if they get snatched away by somebody as a head coach. Then you do the process again because yeah. you need somebody who knows what the hell they're doing in 2023 in the National Football League in that position. Check out Stella dropping a 20 gifted. Thank you for that, Stella. We appreciate the contribution. Uh, if you got a gifted from Stella, make sure you... Uh, you yeah, uh, by the way, I don't want to. I don't want to be... Uh, I don't want to be uh, this, you know, the guy who who blows off the or ignores the the contributions as they're coming in. Uh, I it's just we've had a lot to talk about here. We appreciate them sure. as they're happening. Stella came in with the gift. This guy here comes Ramon in drops, with nineteen ninety nine. Ramon's giving back part of his paycheck. He's saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, DK, is this the first Moan wants a his, of a coach this season?" Moan wants a historical answer. I'll put the I'll put the the intrepid. Young reporter over there on that one. <laughs> First firing of a coach during the season. No, actually, if you really want to get technical about it, the Steelers did that just was it last year in the final week of the season? Mm, when they right. fired they 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 let go of their offensive line coach uh a week with like a week or two left in the season. Was, Remember that? What was, it was his very name? late in the season. It was a very yeah, and like, how about puzzling the, time. Yeah. How about the offensive lineman asking me the questions, you know? Yeah, of all of all people there. Uh, uh, yeah, we appreciate all the contributions amid mm-hmm. everything. But yeah, as Renee we were talking Kelly about, comes in with a, a 10, 10 gift memberships here. Uh, Ryan Lyle, our, our great friend, comes in with a ten dollar contribution. Says, "Hit the like button, please." Also, make sure that you come back. Ooh, no, Ryan, don't skip the guy next to me here. Come back at three o'clock for Southside Beat. Uh, Corey will be on with Chris Halleck. They'll be doing their show live and taking your questions. And then at four o'clock, that guy. <laughs> and I, that guy by the way, if you're wondering you. why he can't jump in and join us, he's actually on the air in Nashville, still sending us all these emojis and everything. There you else. go. And Ramon just said he's got to go do his day job now. That's all right. right. Ramon, That's right. We, we appreciate you, Ramon. We're, we're saying goodbye to Ramon we'll here. We'll see you at four o'clock. We'll so see all four. day long, you, you can be with us here on DK Pittsburgh Sports tracking this uh, this really upbeat episode. Mm-hmm. Now, now, out of, what? Out of nowhere. Now, what we were talking about uh, before all of that was what's next? Who do the Steelers turn to next in 2024 as the offensive coordinator? As you said, they can't do this again where they promote from within. It's just not going to go anywhere. No, there's no one here. There's no one here anymore now. They just promoted the running backs coach. Right, right. So what do you do now? Do you go look at castaway head coaches, castaway coordinators? Do you go to college and go to a head coach who's been very successful and bring him in as the coordinator. There are so many levels that that Art Rooney and Mike Tomlin could take to getting here. The thing is, after how many coordinators now have passed, like that that you really feel comfortable with, and I know Killer B's era was something special, but like, do you have the confidence in Mike Tomlin to go pick a coordinator that's going to get to me the most important thing about the next offensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers? DK is getting the best out of Kenny Pickett. You have a guy who was on a rookie contract, and that is going into the large structure of how this very team is built. I saw yesterday uh, Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields and even Josh Dobbs or Kyler Murray and all these names floated around. And my first thought was, how are they going to pay the guy? They paid 
so much money into this defense. They put so much money into everything else. Mm -hmm. I looked it up yesterday. If you combine the contracts, the monetary value of the contracts of Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, and Mason Rudolph, and you added them together, that one player would be the sixth highest paid player on the Steelers. Cohesive Eel asks, how will they use the, the existing playbook now? They have no choice. Okay, I, I cannot stress this strongly enough. People are going to see plays Sunday in Cincinnati and want to throw one of our foam bricks at it. And they're going to say, hang on a second. We got rid of that guy. Why are we running that play? They have no choice. You can do some tinkering. Okay. You can say, well, instead of doing this on this play, try this. But you can't change the language. You can't change the execution. You can't change the way you practice it. You know why? Because they've been practicing it since springtime. Okay, and in some cases, they've been practicing them for years. Okay, think about that for a second, because Canada's been in place for a while now. So all of this, can't you can't just scrap it. This isn't like the Ben Roethlisberger, we're just going to draw this up in the sand. Sure. Okay, so that's not going to change. That's no. not going to change. What you can do, and what Faulkner and Sullivan are going to be expected to do is find a better rhythm for the plays. Uh, maybe do things like make an organizational decision that says, listen, now we're going to throw to the middle of the field. Or is that really a Tomlin thing? Guess what? Yeah. We're about to find out. Okay. We're about to find out. Okay. Especially on the middle of the field. All right. Let's, let's address Mark Whipple real quick. Now, for those that are unaware, Mark Whipple, was Kenny Pickett's offensive coordinator at Pitt when he was a Heisman Trophy contender no when they won the ACC coaches. championship in 2021. Mark Whipple's currently out of football. He was most recently the offensive coordinator at Nebraska last year. It was a one-and-done deal. He was the offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach at Pitt 2019-21, to 21. so he's had Kenny Pickett for three years. Other than that, he has not been an offensive coordinator at the NFL level. He was the quarterback's coach of the Browns in 2011 and 2012. Now, I don't have the uh, the jersey with the you know prices right wheel list of names on it that the Browns have gone through since '99 at quarterback, but Mark Whipple's a part of that, a part of that failing tree. So I, I understand the relationship with Kenny Pickett. I wouldn't expect Mark Whipple to even be considered for this kind of position. So I'll put that to bed real quickly. Mentoring men says DK. This I, yeah, I don't want any minor league coaches. No thanks. No. No. DK, this also does not make the quarterback better at all. You know what? In in concept, you're right. But guess what? Did you look at George Pickens's route tree? And they show these things now from Cleveland. Did you see it, Corey? Disgusting. Oh my God! Disgusting. It's this. It, it, I'm gonna say, watch, watch my watch my hands here. I'm just gonna try to line up here. It goes like this. Yeah. And then it goes back. Looks like and a flower like blooming. This. Looks like a flower That's blooming. Yeah. And there's nothing. Nothing up here. No slants, no play action, no nothing. Middle of the field is just the Sahara Desert, okay, to that guy. So if you're telling me that you don't think that improved route trees for Deontay Johnson, for George Pickens, for – remember Calvin Austin? Remember that guy? No. Uh, yeah. How about Pat <laughs> Fryermuth? Who? Uh, all of this – all of this can make the – can make the quarterback's job easier and in turn rebuild his confidence. Okay. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not making a prediction here. Okay. I am saying that it is possible for it to happen. Yeah. Okay. Somebody made Brock Purdy into a star. Okay. Look at the work that they've gotten. Uh, CJ Stroud has, has pulled off in Houston when everybody said, what did they say about Stroud when he was coming out of college? Uh, just about everything. He Just couldn't every handle negative an thing. NFL yeah. offense mentally, wasn't smart enough, and whatever else, you yeah. know. Ohio State quarterbacks uh, failed the NFL. Yeah, yeah all that. No, no college coaches, Jason. It's the minor leagues, man. Leave them, leave them in the minor leagues. I'm not mm -hmm. interested in that. Johnny comes in with a contribution. Uh, that's appreciated. Uh, Dustin says Byron left, which, guys, there's a football game on Sunday. It's something else, by the way. Everyone else is, keeps bringing this up. Or, uh, certainly they did earlier, okay? 
if you're if you're looking at uh, this week and what has to happen this week, more than anything else, this football team needs to put together some sense of mission. Okay, mm-hmm. you will never see the offensive players play harder than they will this Sunday in Cincinnati, Ohio. Let's take that one to the bank, okay? When players feel like they've gotten a coach fired, any sport, they come out running through a cement wall the next day. Weight off the shoulders. It's weight off the shoulders. It's weight off the shoulders, but they also feel like, hey, we complained. Now it's on us. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. We're going to show you. We're going to show you what we could have done if we'd had somebody with half a brain in the position. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Jazz says, I've been wondering about these successful plays in the preseason. Can we try some of those? Well, those were vanilla defenses, as everybody was pointing out at the time. Mm, Yeah. Uh, I hate Kenny. Very direct uh, YouTube username here says, uh, DK, you got to stay. Stop making excuses of that bus quarterback from Pitt. I assume you are a pick. Aren't you a Duquesne guy? Yeah, and I don't care that I was a Duquesne guy. I don't care about colleges at all. I don't hey, care Ed, about college football. Tell him, Corey. Ed, tell hey. him what what my reaction is. And you cover Pitt. Tell 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 about what what my reaction is. Anytime you bring up anything related to colleges, uh, it's no reaction. No reaction at all. Like I, no, I don't even respond. It's just, like, it's just a nothing thing. There's things. Me. There's things the way, I have to worry about. Well, hold on. And I'm a Syracuse guy, by the way. So, in fact, I, by theory, would want to root against the Pitt guy. And by the way, my orange did beat Pitt a couple of weeks ago in the Bronx. So sorry about that, DK. I had to. Yeah, boy, does on the lawn not care one. about Pitt. By the way, not many people around here care about Pitt. I mean, I'm not being mean when I say that. All you have to do is look at two-thirds of the stadium being empty yellow seats. So the idea that anybody would be defending or excusing Kenny based on Pitt is like the laziest possible narrative that you can come up with. Chris Leone loves the view here. I live in downtown Pittsburgh. It's the most beautiful urban core in the world. Come down and see us. Zach Gilson says, how great would it be to see the Steelers up a, put up a goose egg Sunday or a blowout? Uh, there won't be anything in between. Um, neither is going to happen. Okay, nobody goes zero to sixty in this league. What's fascinating to me about the timing of this is they're six and four and control their own playoff destiny. Like there, there's a quotient of if they were if they were three and seven right now. Okay, just for the sake of conversation, and this happened, then the the mission, so to speak, it would definitively be let's get Kenny Pickett back on track. Let's see how this offense can become something with Kenny Pickett before the season's over. There's really no time for trial and error with the timing of this situation. There's really no time for, okay, well, you know, they're going to take a couple losses and, and that's okay. As long as Kenny develops. No, like it's, it's been very, it, it's been made clear very much. So by Mike Tomlin, that they're going to try their best to win football games. They're going to try their best to make the postseason. They're going to try the best to put their best out there on Sundays. And now the, the 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 hammer comes down. Matt Canada is not the offensive coordinator anymore. And that is Mike Tomlin and the front office telling us, we don't think this guy gives us a chance to win now, later, forever. It's done. So now the Steelers have to pivot. Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner are not the ideal circumstance. They never are. They never were going to be. But now you have to move forward and get the best out of Kenny Pickett in the best way that they possibly can. And as we've talked about, DK, giving Eddie Faulkner a prominent role in this now, prominent role, it just screams to me that this is going to be Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, let's combine the two, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, and then you fall down into the passing game. That's what Mm -hmm. this screams to me when you involve Eddie Faulkner on this level. Mike Herring says, maybe I'm missing something, but it's comical to think hockey fans had any impact on what the Steelers organization does. Mike, all you're telling me with that remark is that you don't live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay? I don't mean to be mean here, but if you were here, you'd know. If you were here, you'd know. Uh, that's in- including that, you know, that hockey is kind of a big deal here. We're, we're borderline Canadians at this point mm. when it when it comes to that sort of thing here. 
Uh, Lyle Croft correctly points out 2,500 watching and only 586 likes. I'm sorry. That's just not okay. Yeah, Tell him, Corey. I'll, I'll clap okay. for the watching, but I'm going to downvote the uh, only 586 likes. Now, I'm no math guy, but that's about one-fifth of you. One out of every five of you or one every, you know, about four and a half of you that are coming in here are not clicking like or sharing this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, DK, DK woke up to do this <laughs> he woke up we've had this conversation dk and i have had the conversation i have told him and i stand by this and i will say this forever if i could end my work day at 2 p.m every day which means i start at you know six seven in the morning i would do it i love the morning i i'm a morning person i am all about it i will get done early and 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 thrive on the rest of my day now today is going to be a little longer than most and Mike Tomlin talks in approximately one hour and 45 minutes on the South side. Um, so it's going to be a bit of a different day here. Swan two, six, nine with 40 bucks on a contribution. He says, cheers to new beginnings. Cheers. Yeah, to, you, to new beginnings is, is the way that a lot of people are going to see this. A few of you have mentioned as I'm going through here, the weight off the shoulders and Corey brought that up as well. Uh, I, I, I'm going to respectfully somewhat disagree with that i think the okay. weight goes on their shoulders now okay? that makes sense when you frame it that way and yeah I, I think i think you're talking about something that's extraordinary okay i sure. think they they're gonna take that field they're gonna run through that tunnel feeling like man especially especially 22 yep okay uh, can you imagine naji not only does naji say what he said in cleveland but then Najee's running backs coach gets promoted promoted to coordinator. That actually looks and feels like something that was done for who the guy who is now RB2. Okay. Yeah. Think about this for a second. Okay. I mean, that's that's wild in and of itself. And I think that does show the influence that Najee Harris has. Now, how much of that input, so to speak, factored into this, who truly knows? But again, like we said earlier, when Najee Harris, a very, very respected voice from within that locker room, comes out and says what he says in the manner he says it on Sunday, it was in disbelief. It was in, what the hell do we do? It was in just confusion it was in sadness in some ways when he speaks like he did dk's on two hours of sleep man we gotta get you on a <laughs> i good was regimen. I, I was i was up doing a lot we gotta of get stuff. you on a good regimen i need to go uh get my my act together and head over to the south side pretty soon um mike tomlin at noon as he always is and i will be in that very room posting live updates into the feed on dkpittsburghsports.com. And then, of course, at the top of the website right now, if you go look, uh, there is a Matt Canada has been fired story at the very top of the website if you want to uh, continue the conversation over there. But I'm going to run. Uh, DK will will take over solo from here, and it was uh, good chopping it up for a bit. All right, Corey, appreciate you jumping on here. And uh, if there's anything else going on here, uh, if there's anything else that's gone on or details or anything else here, he'll have that in print. Uh, on the story that's currently sitting at the top of our app and our website right now. And he'll also be back three o'clock with Chris Halleck for Southside beat and uh, go take care of business there. Adios. I'm going to, I'm going to take one last uh, sweep through these comments uh, to make, you know, make sure that I'm I'm taking care of business. Double O seven says, do you think that Najee Harris's speech had anything to do with this? Uh, Yes. Yeah. And uh, you're, going to hear the head coach say the exact opposite but yes uh when you have a player of that influence in that locker room speaking up like that look it's not to appease naji when i say that okay and i want to make this part crystal clear it's not to appease naji the reason that you do it is because you actually listen again the way that i ended my column sunday from cleveland was that it was incumbent on the head coach to listen to a voice that's respected in the room, but also one that the head coach himself respects. You hear me here? He needed to hear what 22 had to say and why. And give me some examples and tell me what you're talking about. Tell me what I'm not seeing. 
and go through it. But I'm also going to say once again, that head coach knew coming off the field. I felt it in that press conference, how awkward Tomlin was, how almost like, almost like he'd had a burden off of his shoulders, meaning that he'd finally seen enough. So when I keep asking about all, or everyone in the rooms asking questions about the offense, that's, you know, that's, that's significant here. Richard says, stop it. 22 doesn't have that much juice. You're reaching. No, Richard, in your world and in a lot of people's world, they think because Najee isn't having that great of a season that he doesn't have influence. You are wrong. Okay. I don't say that as an opinion. I say that from being in there. These players listen to him. They don't care that he's RB2 to Jalen Warren's RB1. Jalen isn't a talker. Jalen doesn't have much to say. He's super friendly, super kind. He'll give you a four or five-word answer on whatever it is that you ask. I love the kid, okay? But he's not that guy. Najee is. It has nothing to do with rushing yards average or whatever. That's a fan thing. Rick says Najee was the tip of the iceberg showing he said that there was a lot behind the curtain, and, and there absolutely was here. Next man up is what has to happen here. It's a transfer of weight. That's really good, Paul. Actually, I might steal that line from you. You mind? That's really good, a meaning, meaning for a column. It's a transfer of weight, not a removal. That's, that's good stuff. That's what's going to have to happen here. That's what's going to have to happen. Uh, Lee comes in with a contribution and says, Love the show, DK. I just want to shout out to Najee for bursting the bubble. Uh, and sad to say to the Browns also, because this loss, uh, if this didn't wasn't a loss, uh, Matt Canada would still be the OC. You're probably right. You are probably right. Because if the Steelers would have moved those 30 yards, that's exactly what would have happened here. Uh, yeah, thanks for this show. Uh, thanks for, for being with us, by the way. If somebody's asked as, as to whether or not we've had, uh, like, uh, this is a record number or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it might have doubled. Uh, it might have doubled our record uh, for anything uh, that we've done multimedia-wise. This is, this is pretty crazy stuff. Um, all right. Somebody give me a good question here before I let you all go. I want, I want a good question. And not, not this stuff about Rooney, okay? The stuff about Rooney, you're going to put me in a bad mood here in what should be a good day, okay? This, this, Art Rooney owns the franchise. For those of you who came in late, I'm going to do this one last time. Everything comes from him. Everything comes from Art Rooney, okay? There's no drama. There's no him overriding or overruling Everything that he says overrides and overrules everything, okay? This decision is something that is arrived at head coach, owner, GM, assistant GM. You know, I was sitting just four seats away from Andy Weidel and watching his face turn purple during this game. I guarantee you there were a ton of voices involved in this. Ultimately, the call has to be Rooney's because he's the owner. If you think he overrode somebody for drama purposes, you're going to end up being wrong because it's already wrong. Uh, perfectly asks if the new coordinator would be on the sideline. That's all stuff that's coming for Tomlin at noon. Uh, biggest noticeable change that's coming in, that, that's from Craig. He says, uh, because of this move, biggest noticeable change I think you're going to see is using the middle of the field. I think you're going to see the, you're going to see an emphasis on tight ends. You're going to see an emphasis on uh, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and Calvin Austin moving across the middle. I think you're going to see a lot less of Allen Robinson uh, and that sort of thing. Why not Glenn Thomas? No idea, Ryan. Glenn Thomas has been hidden from us, and I'm being serious here, not referring jokingly to our little statue that we use. Uh, he has been hidden from us all along. We know nothing about him. So I, I, I don't know what he does now, okay, to know what, what it is that he could have been doing in this situation. Uh, Craig wants to know if there is, in fact, the middle of the field. I, I can confirm that by watching 31 other NFL teams that, in fact, the, the middle of the field – does exist, but that also might be a Tomlin thing, okay? 
Don't lose sight of that. How long is Kenny's leash now? Sean says, I think Kenny has to have a good game in Cincinnati. Okay. And I don't want to push that too hard because that's not anything that I know or anything even that I feel from being around the team. I just don't think you can perform at this abysmal level and just continue disintegrating, especially after there's a change. Uh, I think Kenny has to do something Sunday in Cincinnati. I don't think he needs to be Peyton Manning, but I think he needs to actually do something in Cincinnati. That That's my answer uh, for that one. Uh, let's take one more here today before we sign off. And Josh asks the question that I just answered here, any chance of a, of a change? Um, also asks, speaking of Ben Roethlisberger dropping up plays in the sand, do you think they'd consider bringing him in? No, 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 don't do that. It's a totally different skill set, being a quarterback and being a coordinator. Uh, don't be that, that one who suggests stuff like that. You have to learn a lot about the background and uh, putting plays together, studying defenses, studying films, studying formations, studying modern schemes and tricks and stuff. That's such a different skill set than what Ben had to do in following play calls. Uh, he really was not drawing up plays in the sand. I hate to blow that one up too <laughs> for everybody. Anyway, listen, guys, it's been an hour. Uh, I appreciate everybody, again, uh, being on with us all day. Appreciate all the contributions that came in um, and all of the input and the feedback. You're the ones that make this. I'm going to remind you that on our website, you can find uh, all of the latest news right at the top at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Go download our app. It's free on Apple and Android. Go to DK Pittsburgh Sports. Just search for it. DK Pittsburgh Sports. It's free. Apple and Android. Also, 3 o'clock, Southside Beat with Corey. Uh, 4 o'clock, I'll be on with Ramon Foster. So we've got a lot going on today. I'm going to get to writing because that's the that's the thing that I actually do for a living. So... Uh, with that, we'll say goodbye to Donnie in West Africa and to everybody else and uh, appreciate you.